Welcome to Azrae Pond with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we continue our focus on the impacts of the coronavirus on Asbury Park in Monmouth County, and we welcome back Asbury's own Connie Breach, Asbury Park police officer and driving force behind the Asbury Park toy drive. We talked to Connie today about her experience contracting and recovering from COVID-19. Welcome back, Connie. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Everybody, it's Asbury Pod. It's April 21st. And we I'm here. I'm Amy Quinn, and I'm here with uh, uh, Joe Walsh, and we are talking to um who are we talking to, Amy? Talking <laughs> Tony to Breach. Tony. <laughs> Tony's uh, gonna get us up to speed on all things COVID. Yeah, we're continuing our series of rapid fire quarantine updates. A week. We are. So our update. first one was, geez, who was our first one? Well, let's go backwards. Our last one was Senator Vingo Paul, who anyone, if you own a small business, you should um, absolutely uh, listen to that podcast because he goes in depth on um the PPP program, which unfortunately now is out of money, and um, you know the other programs that are hopefully coming down the le- the the New Jersey legislature. One that I really hope is coming down, which hopefully will help uh, small businesses in Asbury Park, which is um, businesses need desperate help for their um, commercial rents. Um, so hopefully something's coming down the pike on that. And um, prior to Vin, we had Kelly Irving who got us up to speed. She was a healthcare professional in Monmouth Medical, um, kind of talking in labor delivery, talking about how COVID is affecting the entire hospital, but but labor and delivery in kind of a an interesting, interesting way. Oh, prior to that was Kathy Kelly. So mm-hmm. Kathy talked about the Asbury Park dinner table. She's the founder along with um, uh, Julie, uh, Joe Grillo, um, Allie, their... Um, raising, I'm, I'm going to guess they're nearing $100,000 at this point and probably have fed close to, I'm going to say 10,000 people. Although I'm just making, I don't actually have any idea how much they fed, but they feed probably a thousand people a night, close to it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're here with Connie, who's going to get us up to speed on all things COVID. <laughs> and how was your week, Joe? It's very busy. I literally just logged off from work and took my tie off and logged on here. So busy is good. Um, a lot of things going on at the university. So um, it's right. It's, you know, 
Uh, I work for Rutgers. Um, I'm not a spokesman for the university, but Rutgers has been affected terribly by this. We're scrambling in all directions to make things go. Um, and, um, and I'm you know glad to see everybody. Amy, how was your week, your updates? Uh, my week was okay. Um, do I people are, people are a big fan of your numerical your graph your graphic yeah, updates. So we're doing the, so we have a ton of time on our hands and the only time I'm doing these graphs and um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna plead that I am not the tech person at all. So I'm gonna go offline for one <laughs> second and get my wife who's got to fix so I can get Connie's questions. Hold on, talk about the graphs, but, Connie and Joe. Well, what I mean, we can also talk. We could also talk about the fact that Amy can't use a printer and <laughs> had to abandon her yeah, own podcast. I, right. It's funny because I, you know, when I, when, before I went out, um, like the first week, two weeks in March, mm -hmm. you know, we were you know, talking with amongst the first responders and we were like, do we have any cases yet? Do we have anything we have to worry about? And yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden we had our first case and we had our second case. And it's like, now, you know, we're up to six. And mm -hmm. next thing you know is I'm not feeling good. So I'm mm -hmm. not sure if I was number seven or if I'm number eight, but I was I was definitely down in the early stages and uh um, didn't didn't think it was gonna get me that quick. Yeah. Certainly a top ten, right? That, uh, top ten. Yeah, I was definitely yeah. in the top ten. Yeah. Well, what, Connie, could you talk about that experience real quick? I mean, you mentioned how quickly it overtook you, and that's some of the things we see in the news is you know. For those who are asymptomatic or have mild symptoms, there's not much of a change. But for those who really catch it, it seems to come on like a bit of a tidal wave, right? Is, was that your yeah, experience? It, uh, pretty much. I mean, I have like slight asthma. It's usually mm -hmm. seasonal asthma. And, you know, it's March and we have like a very wet winter. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, mold and spores and stuff. You know, everything was coming up in March. So like the first day I, I, I kind of, took it as just maybe it was my allergies, but you know, I, you know, I was coughing. And then the second day I'm like, this is not, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Something, this is more than just allergies. I'm like, I gotta go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like one of those, you know, something's like grabbing a hold of you and, and telling you that, uh, yeah, you need to, you know, buck it up and go to the doctor, which I did. Um, and then at that time it took five days to get the results that, you know, that was tested. You know, March 25th, I didn't get my results back until March 29th. It took five days. And then they said, well, you're positive. So then I had to wait another two weeks because you have to have that 14-day period before you can get retested. So I'm like, all right, I feel a little bit better. You know, I don't have the fever anymore. I don't have this. I don't have that. I still had a little cough. Um, but I tested positive again um, for the second time. I'm like, this is, this is like killing me. I'm like, I'm, you know, racking my brains out. You know, I mean, how many times I'm going to watch Ozark and Netflix and uh, Tiger King. But um, so now I, I get the test for the third time. I'm going Saturday. So I'm hoping it's a little bit faster results. They say one to three days now. So, you know, knock wood, you know, I go in there Saturday morning and, you know, hopefully I know by Monday so I can get back to work on Tuesday because I, I, this is so driving me nuts. My grass needs to be mowed again. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's, and Connie, do you any idea where you got it? Not a clue. No, it was, so, it was so early. I mean, and that's before we even, like, we wore, like, I wore the mask and I have my gloves. And, like, some, you know, some people were doing it initially just, to, you know, because we just wanted, we needed to do it. Especially when you're talking to a lot of different people, you're dealing, you know, you're walking into a store, you're, you know, you're, you're walking, 
you know, in my job, you know, you're, you're talking to people all day. So it's like to, to go back and like, they're trying to track back now, but to go back and try to track, especially like a, you know, first, you know, first responder or something that you, you have a lot of public con, you know, contact, it's almost impossible to, to figure out where you could have gotten it. I mean, cause I didn't get it from my dogs. So, I mean, I, I could knew where I was at work and I went to the store. So it's it just, it's hard to really pinpoint. I mean, uh, Nobody directly sneezed on me that I remember, but, you know, we didn't think about that back then. Like now, you know, I've been out for four weeks. So more and more information, you know, is, is out to the general public as far as you need to social distance and this is what you need to do. You need to have a mask. You know, when, when I first got sick, you know, I went to pick up my prescription and there are people like we're walking around the store with no mask on. So, I mean, and, and the, it wasn't really stressed that that six feet wasn't really stressed, you know, then you see all the, the weddings and, and this, that, and the other thing that people weren't listening to what the, you know, the scientists were saying, like, you need to stay away from people. The only way you're going to, you know, to beat this is to stay away from people. Now you need to test. So now you have to make sure you're okay. So if they start to open up everything back, we have to do some type of testing, whatever it is that they're going to come mm-hmm. up with, whether, you know, you have somebody with a thermometer you know, testing you with a thermometer or whatever it is, but to get things back on track, we, we definitely do need to have some type of massive testing. Just peace of mind, too. I mean, you could be walking around, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people might have been walking around with that virus, just like a cold or anything else, and it was just your carrier. So you may not have any symptoms, but yet now all of a sudden, like, you might sneeze, and all that's those germs go into the air and it could go into somebody else. And now all of a sudden they get sick and you have no idea that you might've gotten them sick because you're not sick that you know of. Well, that's the insidious thing that, that's come out about this disease. The number of people who are carriers, but not, not feeling any symptoms nor demonstrating yeah. any symptoms and, but inadvertently shedding the virus over in public spaces. And, and, you know, um, that's really difficult to contain. And, and I, you know, and you're correct about the testing too. The data um, we're seeing, it's um, so like Germany's trying to come up with like an immunity passport. You know, you test positive for the antigen or the antibody, then maybe you can go back into public. You know, so I think science will catch up to this. Joe, we can, we can test our blood sugar with, with just a little thing with our finger. Yeah. So I mean, that like how far we come with with you know with that with with being diabetic. Sure. So there's got to be something where okay, so we're gonna test this or do something, a quick swab in our nose, and if it's like a pregnancy test, okay, mm-hmm. positive, negative. I mean, we've come up with all these things in the past few decades. Why, you know, use that technology and come up with something that we could self-test ourselves at home so we know, like, okay, I'm negative, I'm good, okay? Yeah. So at least- and in the beginning, it's my understanding there were so many negatives, false negatives, yeah. right? So all, all of the stories that I read on that, but not going back to the graphs, but going back to the graphs, that I, I worry are annoying, but, but people are telling me they're not annoying me, you know, putting the numbers up and trying to, to do comparison. Not annoying. So what I'll say that we have trouble with is like, so the website they direct you to is COVID New Jersey gov, whatever. But I take all of our numbers from Monmouth County's press releases website. Um, they, they issue a press release, they break it down by town, they break it down by County. And then we we put those into a graph and then we kind of post this thing every day. Um, so there's a discrepancy between those numbers. And 
I'm not, not a huge one, but don't quote me on this. I'm going to say like March 23rd, I have 483 COVID. The COVID website has 487, but you get a couple of those and that's, that skews your numbers a little bit, right? Mm. I'm not saying that the overall theme isn't right. So just down to like local reporting, we're having problems. Well, plus too, you have people that aren't getting tested that might right. be positive. So you don't have that data. You know, like my wife isn't tested. I mean, she probably was positive at one point in time because she's with me, but she's been in quarantine with me for four weeks. So you might not have that that mm-hmm. particular data that, you know, that people that cohabitate together and, and especially in, this, in our community where you have a lot of people in some places that, you know, cohabitate together. You, you're not going to have all that data. I know. And we wanted to, t- so I'm so curious about that because, um, and uh, how do you cohabitate when one of you has it and you're trying to keep the other one from having it? Are you sleeping in separate rooms? Are you watching yeah. TV in separate rooms? Everything's, everything's done separately. Okay. You know, separate, separate parts of the house. Separate part, separate bathroom, separate everything. Yeah. Yep. And you're doing what? that for two weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Cause you still tested positive, right? Yeah. So four weeks and you know, knock wood, uh, uh you know, this Saturday, please. I never, you know, I want to go back to work. <laughs> well, the technology, um, you know, to, to your point, Connie, the technology is going to catch up to it. So even the testing, the testing started out as five days and two days and 24 hours. Like Rucker, so Rutgers just came out with a 15 minute saliva test. Bring that up. Kudos that, to Rutgers, Joe. Yeah. Even the president mentioned it, even though we were all like, oh God. So, um, but you know, eventually it'll be faster and faster and faster. So there has to be like that's why the yeah. the stay at home and stay in place is important because science has to catch up to it. You know, and it will right. pretty quickly, but it you know does need a lead time. And the same thing with the the antigen testing. Hopefully, you know that will be uh, portable and cheap and fast in, in the upcoming year. But we have to wait it out for a bit. It's gonna take um, time. Connie, so I don't know if um, well, I assume you remember. So a couple days before you got sick, I ran into you on Grand Ave because I was trying. It was at a time where you could. Well, it was the last time I think Tri City News came out, and uh, and I was trying to track down the. You know, I'm like a creature of habit, so I like to read my papers once a week. And I was I was getting a coaster, and you had a mask, and you had a bag full of sanitizers. So one yeah. of the reasons I was so shocked that you got it is I'm, I'm on, Connie pulls over, we're, we're just shooting the breeze. I'm on the passenger side talking in, the window's down, and she's got this bag full of sanitizers she's bringing for the guys and a mask. So when they were like, Connie got it, I was like, what? Okay, I mean, even like, but like she said, you could have come in contact with a dozen people who weren't showing symptoms like the week before. Right. Yeah, I mean, so. it's it, it could it could be dormant for a while. I mean, when I yeah. saw you, I mean, I was fine. You were you totally know, fine when you saw me. You were. Yeah, I was you fine, wanted to so. make sure your department had hand sanitizer when you saw me. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had you know, thank you to uh, at the time we had uh, Quick Med Pharmacy and the Asbury Park Distillery were donating hand sanitizer and gloves and stuff um, to the department. This is in the beginning stages. We, you know, we couldn't buy anything. I actually saw something come. I bought a bunch of stuff in February because I watched the news and I just knew something was happening. So I bought a case myself of masks and a couple cases of gloves, you know, just so I had them myself. But the hand sanitizer, you know, when I went down to, you know, to the dollar store and stuff, there wasn't anything there. So we basically, when um, the Asbury Park Distilling 
they change over their system, which is great. You know, some like Laird's did it also, and then some of the uh, the markets that in the early stages donated, uh, you know, to us. I'm like, I don't know what's going on now because I'm kind of I'm out of touch, but I'm sure we're still getting some donations and everything because people are, you know, they realize how serious this is, and you know, they're not a dime a dozen, you know, they and they're hard to find because people were hoarding things, you know. I mean, and I'm sure you watch the news. Were you getting like, so I don't know about you, but the more, so I, I listened to the daily, which is the New York times podcast. And then a couple of other ones describing what this, this virus does to the body. And again, knowing within the last week or two that you had it or what I forget with a couple of weeks. Cause I think I was texting you. Are you okay for, for a couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, knowing how people were describing how bad it is, people were dying from it. Were you freaking the fuck out? Or were you just like, I'm just going to lay here and not leave the fuck out? Want to be honest? Yeah, I was, I was, I was scared. I uh, imagine. Jesus. Uh, it's like, you know, I've, I've been through a lot in my life, and I'm like, this doggone thing's not going to take me down. But it it, uh, it literally, it was hard to breathe. I mean, I didn't have, like, the big spiky um, fever, like a lot of people have the fever, but I had that, that cough that it was just so hard to breathe. You know, I think, you know, having – you know, the asthma and, and, and I had pneumonia a few years ago. I think that, that came into play. But to me, that was the scariest thing. And thank, you know, I thank God I have a portable nebulizer at home because if I didn't have that, I probably I probably would have been in the hospital because I wouldn't be able to breathe. You know, it was, was there a point where you that, thought you should go to the hospital? Yeah, there were there was there were a couple points where I was I was like this close to you know, say, Angel, I gotta go. Like I I mean I you know, but I knew that they were so inundated. I knew the hospitals were, you know, they're short staffed. There were so many people over there. So I'm like, all right, let me try my, let me try my nebulizer. Like I have my own, you know, machine, you know, when my asthma acts up that, and fortunately I was able to, you know, use that for a couple of days. And I got myself down to the point where I was able to breathe more, you know, more normally, so to speak, if you want to call that normal. But I mean, yeah, that was, a, that's the scariest part. I mean, um, that, that not being able to breathe. That's, you know, and that's why the, the big thing with the ventilators and people don't realize it because you can't breathe. The ventilators are used to help people breathe because your lungs are so tired. And I was so tired. I had no taste. I had no smell. You know, at that, at that my deepest point where I couldn't taste anything. I had no appetite. You know, I couldn't smell anything. And I just was, it was just hard to breathe. So your body just is like shutting down. And it's like you have to. You know, you got to eat, you got to eat, you got to drink, you got to drink hot liquids, hot liquids, you know, like tea, and coffee, things like that. And, um, yeah, it was, I would say like the second, third week was just, that was probably like my, my worst, definitely my worst. And I'm just glad I'm over that hump because that's scary, that's scary as shit. And did you, what you mentioned a, a minute or two ago that you've had pneumonia, that this was nothing like that. Nothing. This was, uh, you know, uh, when I had pneumonia, like my blood, it's the same thing, like your oxygen level. When they tested, when I first went to get tested, they tested my oxygen, my oxygen level. And it was just above, just above where they thought it would be, you know, maybe you should go to the hospital. So, I mean, I, I was that close when I was first tested that my oxygen level was hovering over that. Mm, you might want to go to the hospital. You might want to, you know. So I, I just didn't want to go to the hospital. I'm glad I didn't have to because 
you know, some of my friends did go to the hospital. Some some came back and some some didn't, you know, rest their souls. But um Amy, you know a few. Yeah. Um you must become inflamed when people are blowing this off and not take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, what the the first prescription that I stopped at, um, this guy was. This is in early stages. Customer was in uh, Walgreens, and he was right up on the cashier, who herself did not have a mask on. He didn't have a mask on, and he was. I could see him talking, and I just like see him like the spit coming out of his mouth. And I, I said something. I said, "Sir, you know, you should really stand back." I said, "You know, give give her some room." you know, while you're talking to her. And he's like, oh, I'm just waiting for my prescription. It just kind of like went in one ear, it ran out the other. And I felt bad for her because like, I see like, and this was early. This is, this is like, you know, the middle of March. And I'm like, that's the frustrating level that the people I think didn't take it as seriously as they should have initially. And I think it would be a lot, you know, if we would have jumped on this thing back in January, February, um, and even beginning of March, you know, sooner that it would have been a different story. Just, I think it just took a long time for the American public to say, Hey, you know what, what they're saying is true. We need to do something, but there's still people out there that don't want to listen. So I was at the boardwalk this weekend. Um, and a guy at the boardwalk and his wife were making fun of people in masks. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, our boardwalk's closed. So I was at the beat, you know, I was walking from the <laughs> sidewalk to, um, <laughs> We'll cut that out. Amy was not on the boardwalk. You have to walk over the boardwalk to get to the beach. Over the boardwalk. Yeah. Um, and literally, and, and that is the place where this guy was with his wife doing something like, "Oh, the mask, the mask, the virus, the virus." Like, and I, I, I'm, I, you know what? I'm just, I'm baffled by the whole thing. Like, I, I'm not understanding why. I don't understand what other than like your loved one dropping dead in front of you. What else do you need? Well, you know, it's, it's apparent that the people that have that mentality um, have not had anybody in their life that has either tested positive or may have passed away because of it, because that's when it really sinks in. Like when you see a friend, when you see like, Oh, so-and-so passed away or a star passed away, a musician passed away, an actor passed away or, somebody's aunt or volunteer. We lost one of our uh, toy drive volunteers from COVID. You know, that's when it really hits hard when you, when, when you can relate to it in a sense, as far as like, you know, right now it's not me. It's not about me. It's not about me. They distance themselves until it actually hits home. It's like, Oh shit. You know, then I think that's when people will start realizing that, you know, we have a problem here, but hopefully it's not too late for some of those people. Yeah, that mentality sort of you, you you still run into it. I, I I got into an argument, a slight argument with uh, a, a student's father the other day who interrupted our video conference to tell me that it wasn't so bad. And I was like, I, you know, sir, the, the data is, is, you know, he's like, it's just like the flu. I'm like, no, not at all. And, and um, it is hard to get through like that, you know, there, and his point, I don't know, his point of telling me was to demonstrate that he didn't care about it, I guess. There's some kind of performative aspect to this denial, too, like the people on the boardwalk. Amy, it wasn't just enough for them to have a personal feeling about their life. They want to be 
demonstrative that they are looking down, and that seems to be a, a trait of like, that. Like, like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't pertain to me. It doesn't pertain to me. But you know what? Your pastor just passed away. That you know, like <laughs> so, uh, one of the local pastors, you know, passed away of COVID, and you know it. This thing, and I said this in an interview, you know, with the press, it's it's an evil flu, and mm-hmm. it has it does not discriminate against anybody. It doesn't make a difference who you are, where you're from. I mean, it, it's if it's going to get into your body, it's going to get into your body, and it doesn't care if you live here, if you live there, if you if you practice this, you pra- it doesn't care. It just wants to get in your body and cause havoc. Um. Yeah. Well, I and Connie, you're kinder than me because even if you don't know anyone or um, you know, who has it or who's died from it, if you've listened to one interview from one healthcare professional, from one doctor, from one nurse in any of certainly New York's hospitals and 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 many of New Jersey's describing the horrific decisions they have to make and the makeshift ventilators. Like, again, I'm not understanding why you, why, do you think all these people are lying? Do you think they, they, they just, this report is walking around a make-believe hospital dealing with a doctor who, you know, eight or nine people are going to die during his shift if he's lucky. It's just, you know, even if you're not personally touched by it, I don't understand. You don't see the bigger picture, but. You look at the eyes, and you know when they show, like if you, I don't know if you watched the uh, the global concert the other night, and of course ours is coming up tomorrow night. Um, they show you pictures of the nurses and the doctors, and some of the nurses, especially when you work in a twelve or fourteen hour shift, and you have a face, you know, a a, a shield and a face mask on your face for that long a period of time, it rubs. And if you notice some of the when they take their masks off, like they're literally bleeding from where their face mask was. And like, they have to put band-aids and tape and gauze to put their face mask on. And the problem with that is now you created a way for that virus to get in because if you break the seal, if you break the seal, there's a possibility that virus can make its way in. But if they don't cover where they're getting injured, then it just makes it even worse. So when you see those pictures, that's a true attestment of some of these nurses and doctors and what they have to go through because that's that's tough. I mean, you can't take that off. You have to keep that on for your whole shift, you know. And I don't think people realize that. I just, you know, unless you actually walk through that or or not. I have, I have a very big value uh, for our, our healthcare professionals. Trust me. I mean, they've saved my life a couple times. And I, I just think I just wish, you know, this, the country would really pay more attention, you know, to the people such as those that have to deal with these multiple shifts, like their families. They can't even stay with their families. They have to sleep in a separate room from their families because they come back from work. Even though you change, you know, at work, you're still coming back and you're still breathing air. So even though you might be in a different room, if you're not separated, that air that you're sharing could still get to your family. And that's the one thing that's really important. If one person in your family has it, the other person doesn't, they want you to separate as much as you can, whether you're upstairs, downstairs, when you put, you know, close the door, go here. I mean, that's the most important thing because that, that thing just goes, shh. I mean, it's airborne it, mm-hmm. and it could stay in the air for a little while longer. So, I mean, I don't think people really realize how deadly it is. Well, you, you know? see, when you mentioned their eyes, I mean, clearly, you know, I, I bet we're going to see some cases like, you know, a kind of PTSD after this among healthcare oh, workers, absolutely. Terms, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, 
a friend of ours, a friend of Rita's, is a um, is a as a teaching doctor at a major research hospital that shall remain nameless. And to protect his family, he started sleeping at the hospital and staying at the um, staying yeah. either in, at, at the dorm of one of the associated universities or a hotel. Yeah, but the but the hospital, yeah, but the hospital was charging him for the room, and I was like, this see, if there's like a disconnect, and this is not this is not some small place this is a major big name place i was like that doesn't make it you, you, you have to be lying about that right so there's some the, the approach to this has been odd and sometimes disjointed up and down the line um uh you as you pointed out it took a long time you know i think that's changed now but when he made the decision a couple weeks ago the hospital was like oh, no you can charge you for that room which is crazy, it, 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 you know? it took a while it's kind of yeah. like when people you know when you get this as it it's an injury. Is it not an injury? Are you, it's, it was, no one knew how to handle a lot of things. And, you know, you know, I say, you know, Amy, like our city handled things, you know, appropriately as far as, you know, all of us that, you know, tested positive, um, you know, don't come back to you ready. I mean, make, you gotta make sure. I don't want, last thing I would do was want to, you know, rush myself to come back. And then I end up infecting somebody else that I work with. That, that, that's, you know, kind of silly. So, mm. I mean, you know, yeah, when we were doing the policies, so you have to, so the way this played from, from the mayor and council's perspective was March 14th was Saturday. And, and I think you got it later that week, or I ran into the Thursday of that week, Connie, and then you got it slightly later than that. But March 14th, I'm sitting at home and I'm going to not name the businesses who were texting me pictures of their establishments where no one, absolutely no one was social distancing. They were packed. People were waiting to get in to get a table or to get a drink or to get whatever. And I think we were, we were like, holy fucking shit. Nobody's even like, even if you threw us a bone and we're like, we're not, it's not, you know, we're not, we're not 50% less people out that night. It was a hundred percent of the people who were out. Um, there was no decrease and there certainly were no safety precautions, which is why I no. think eight, seven or eight in the morning, we're all at city hall frantically with Garrett, you know, more I work working on this declaration. And then we do this declaration Sunday and people People are beating us up and, and then people are, are, are thanking us. And I, and I don't want to say the establishments, but it would shock you, the establishments that thanked us, that were like, well, thank you, because as an owner of this bar or this restaurant or this lounge or this club, I can't tell all, I can't be screaming at patrons all day, right? That's not, that's not good for business. Yeah. So if at least you guys took a step that, you know, puts people on guard kind of to stop doing. So that was March 15th, March 16th. Thank God the mayor, the uh, governor stepped up and, and implemented shutting everything down, which up to that point, I was, you know, inflamed with him. But but I, I really know. feel after that, after March 16th, I, I, I do. I will give the guy credit. He really pulled this shit together. Yeah. I worked I worked that weekend, Amy, just like, like the weekend that I spoke to you. I normally don't work weekends right now, but that I was working for somebody that Saturday night and there were several incidences in town, not naming any establishments whatsoever, but I'm like, guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And like, they did not, they just wanted to get drunk. They wanted to have fun. They had no, 
like sense of what was going on as far as, and that was, you know, not the establishments, but just the, the mentality of the people that were going out that weekend. And literally that next week, boom, everything was shut down. I'm like, thank God. Because if it kept going, I could set like Saturday and Sunday, you know, Friday and Saturday nights, um, you know, in our, in our town, it just wouldn't, it would have been crazy. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I mean. Yeah, and I'm going to give another example. And listen, when I'm speaking on this podcast, I'm just speaking for me. I'm not speaking for the mayor and council or the city government. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. As our disclaimer clearly states. At the, the beginning, beginning of this disclaimer project. takes place. My disclaimer too. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, but you need two for this episode. Yes, all the disclaimers. So the other interesting thing. So Saturday night, we were like, holy shit. But, but days prior to that, we were meeting constantly, figuring out with the OEM team, the council and the mayor were trying to figure out you know, what should we do? Should we do something about it? And so Garrett was, oh, Garrett was the first guy on our COVID. Jesus yes. Christ. Shit. Yes. So Garrett was our first for our COVID series. So Garrett, for those of you who don't know, and you should listen to his podcast, is the um, director of the Office of Emergency Management. So so that whole week prior to the four, Saturday the 14th, we're, we're meeting or emailing or having, co- or, or having phone calls about what to do about the, the pandemic. And he, to his credit, myself, I think John, I know Eileen, um, I'm sure Yvonne, were kind of randomly driving around at night. So Garrett drove around Friday night. I didn't drive around Friday night and texted all of us saying, the bars are pretty dead. You know, you know, there was like six people in bond, not a lot of people wherever. So we woke up Saturday morning with this like, oh, people are taking this seriously. Nobody was out Friday night. Now it was cold and I think it rained. And there were, there, there maybe were a lot of reasons why people weren't out Friday night in Asbury Park or, or they certainly weren't out in droves um, on Friday night. So we, we woke up Saturday with this sense of like people get it. And then Saturday night, <laughs> we're in that entire sense. And we're like, we got to shut all this fucking shit down. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but, uh, yeah. Amy, if you think about it, the numbers we've been posting, what, you know, how many from Monmouth County? 4,500 for the county? Uh, 45 or 47. Right. And, we, and that's with um, a month-long uh, social distancing campaign, right? I mean, that could easily, as you pointed out, uh, Connie B., if people were out, you know, doubled eight, 12, 16, you know, um, and it's not that all 16,000 or 8,000 or 4,500 are, are going to be seriously ill, but if 20% of those numbers ended up in the hospital, that overwhelms the system in a terrible way, right? I know. And John Moore just yelled that he got the number. So you talk for two seconds. I just got to tell Heather. She So we get these numbers in this press release and it's not, I don't want to say it's not postable. It's just not easily readable. So Heather takes all these numbers, inserts them into charts, and then I post. So this whole thing takes like an hour, which is one, I worry it's annoying. Two, it's a little time consuming. And three, I worry I'm like the, 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 who the, who the bell tolls for person, right? Because I'm like posting these, I totally said the name of that book wrong or poem wrong. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like every day I'm like posting numbers of like positive cases I just worry we were, that we yeah. were at 98. We were, I think our, la- our last two. Yeah. Were so I'm going to tell you your number right now is, but I got to forward this to Heather, who's going to reformat it. And then we're going to, then we talked about different charts we want to share. So people get a better picture. So we're at 99 today. Hi, so Joe, quick editorial comment here. We had to cut about 20 seconds of the conversation here because of some network lag and some sound quality issues. So there's a bit of a jump in the conversation here. And there's a perfect uh, example 
if we want to, people who are making poor comparisons to the flu, uh, I don't know anyone who ever died from the flu. I already know four, of four people in close enough circle who have passed away from yeah. this, you know, in, it's, uh, it's, in the span of a month. It's, it's, what it, it's what it does to your body. It's the complications that it does to your body. So it may not be like COVID per se, but mm. you might get developed pneumonia because of COVID yeah. or you know, respiratory failure. It's like, so it's, it's something, it, it, it's something that it does to your body that it's, you know, well, there's been some interesting study, like some interesting science about, it. you know, they're pointing out that it affects the blood oxygen, uh, the ability of the blood to absorb oxygen rather than the lungs itself, which means it affects organs. So it's yeah. not just your lungs that you may end up, you know, having hypoxia that affects your heart or hypoxia that affects your some lungs other aren't pumping, You're not getting the oxygen. You're not getting what you need to your, to your you know, major organs to survive. Yeah, I saw there's a guy released the other day who had a his leg amputated as a side effect. You know, so it's it's a it's a whole systemic. So the illness. actor, yeah. the actor from New York, the Broadway actor. Yeah, I didn't know who he was. I just saw the article, but yeah, he was yeah. an actor. Um, um, maybe Young. you know more about it, Connie, than I. Know. Yeah, he well he was on uh, Broadway, but he was also on the show Blue Bloods. Okay. So you know he's you know he's a young guy, um, develops complications and end up having to uh, have his, his leg amputated because of it. And I think like yeah. for me, what's really interesting is so initially when this was happening, it was like, okay, you have, it, it's affecting a lot of older people, which is concerning for me because, you know, I, I take care of my 76 year old mom. So, um, so that was like that, although, although she never took this shit seriously for like a, a, certainly a couple of weeks, but, but we'll just put a pin in that. <laughs> um, so, so it was concerning for me for that reason. And then, but you could, and I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say this, you, you could kind of separate yourself like, right. I'm, I'm 43. So, you know, un, unlikely in the early reports to affect me. And then it was older and then underlying conditions, right? Diabetes or heart disease or um, emphysema. And so you could, again, and I'm not, I hope I'm not coming off like a jerk saying this, you could again kind of separate it and be like, okay, I'm still unlikely. I, I don't have those underlying conditions. I'm not older, but I do have to be mindful that I don't bring it home and then get the people in my life who have that stuff sick. And then people with no underlying conditions younger than me are dying, which is horrifying yeah. as well, right? So then yeah. you stop this whole like separation of, and I'm, I'm not articulating this well, but you, you know, there's a lot of classification of like the deaths is like, well, they had diabetes or they had heart disease or as if in some way it's their own damn fault or, you know, it's, it's, well, it's I'm not, well, I just want to be really clear. I'm not saying that I'm saying that I selfishly is just trying to separate how no. I'm not going to have this horrific death. I, I know you're not doing that, but that, you know, there's, just become, there's a Senator recently who just published all the stats pointing out, well, all these people had died, had some other underlying condition. I call them the, the fuck them theory of, uh, uh, you know, of disease management. And it's not right because the older we get, likely the likelihood is that we all have some sort of illness, right? You know, like that's how they emerge. Once you're beyond 30, genetic things show up, you know, we, we, we gain weight. You know, it's just, it's a, it's an absurd way to proceed because um, it's not really giving the clear picture. Cause as you know, we were, Connie and I were talking while, while Amy, while you ran out of the room for a bit, it's a systemic illness. It's going to affect all areas of the body, not just lungs. And so whatever is there, it's going to exploit. And so, 
you know, there well, we before, before I feel the like grace. we know that now, but initially right. the way it was being sold or the mm-hmm. way that I was, at least the way I was understanding the inf- information back in March, right? Yes. Um, and maybe the first week in April, which was, you know, young people aren't getting it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not suggesting I'm young. Um, I'm not. I'm not. No one's listening to that suggestion either. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thought I might be suggesting that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just saying the way they initially sold it, they sold it in a way that I think a lot of people, and I'll, I'll, I'll say myself included, that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be the susceptible one to it. What I will say I always, always, always understood was that I'm in my house a 76-year-old mom and a four-year-old boy. So, so I didn't, I, I, I assume I put Heather in the category. I also have my wife, wife in the house too, but I put Heather in the category with me um, that we would not really be susceptible, but that I always had two people that would potentially be susceptible. But you could carry it. And that's the problem. Right. You might not have the symptoms, but you could be a carrier. And that's what, you know, I think early on, like people don't realize that like, Oh, I feel fine. I feel fine. Next thing you know, um, you know, your, your, your brother or your cohort is now sick. And like, did I give it to them? Like, you don't, I mean, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that's why they, they keep going back in this testing. We have to have a, a better form of testing so people can, you know, so know whether they're, they're, they're asymptomatic or not. And that's huge, you know? Mm-hmm. And Connie, like, if you had to give somebody three pieces of advice from this experience overall, like just in general, you were like, if you were giving a young cop starting to be during a pandemic, which has to be torturous, um, what, what, what pieces of advice would you give them? Well, it's always, always be safe and, and don't take any chances, you know, especially in this situation, you know, wear a mask wear your gloves, you know, try to distance yourself if you can. Sometimes you can't. Like in our line of work, a lot of times you really can't um, do that six feet. But uh, use discretion wisely. You know, uh, there's some things that that's if it's not a big deal and you can handle it down the road, you handle it down the road. You know, you, you want to try to like not have as much contact with somebody that you, you need to. If you have to have contact, you have to have contact. But if there's a way that you can like deal with the situation down the road without having that direct contact, use your head and do it that way. You know, don't put yourself in a situation like anything. You know, your safety is is up your safety and the safety of you know the community is your utmost number one uh, priority. So that that's what I would say. And what were you watching at home, Connie? Oh, a little bit of everything. I watched the Tiger you, you King. You had to watch Tiger King because who the fuck hasn't yeah. watched it? Have you watched Tiger King, Joe? Or are you still watching? So, Connie, you don't know this, but during this pandemic, Joe lost his mom. So so I assume you, you did not tune into the Tiger King? Okay. No, yeah. Rudy and I are watching. Is anything good? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, wait. Connie's got a great mask. No, we're watching Fluff. Nothing serious. You know, like murder mysteries maybe, but otherwise, you know, um, Amy, you're not wearing your mask. I see you have your wine. Now. You're, you're... I, well, I have my wine because we suspended me not being able to drink during podcast. Do you want me to? I'll go. So I don't wear a mask. I wear a. Uh, le- this Nobody was just for this was just for the Tiger King. But, uh, <laughs> I just you know for shits and giggles. You mentioned no, I Oz- watched, uh, Ozark. Gosh, Ozark, I watched. 
Um, I, I watched. I to watch Ozark, but I have. I watched, watched Ozark. I will. I watched Shit's Creek. So I I, I watched all six uh, episodes. You can only get the first five episodes on Netflix, so you have to go to the Pop, which is free for on if you have BIOS Verizon, it's free. So I watched like the last uh, the last season of. Uh, Shit's can we Creek. do a pic? Can we do a picture with our masks? Yeah. Okay. Kind of your, those fangs are ferocious. So, so for me, the, I can wear this. I can wear what I'm wearing right now. But like the full mask, it, uh, you know what? I spend so much time adjusting it and touching it that I'm I'm sure I'm infecting so that, myself. That's, okay, rule number two, stop touching your face. Stop touching the mask. You know, you, you put it on and be done with it. If you have to, you know, take it off, take it off. I actually ordered some stuff, uh, some masks. Um, online that are that are reusable, washable. So I'm gonna, you know, because the these, the paper ones they just go so so quickly. Yeah. So you know, I'm gonna get something that I can actually refill the filters and, and refill the mask. Yeah, I can definitely wear like the neck gaiter. It's the mask that I'm that I struggle a little bit with. You like Bazooka Joe? That's better than nothing. Because mm-hmm. you know you don't want to you don't mess up your hair, right? Well, honestly, it's not my hair. It, it just, it's not comfortable. I mean, let, can we be honest? Masks aren't comfortable. No, they're not. So the neck gaiter, I'm not suggesting the neck gaiter is comfortable, but I do wear turtlenecks. So it's not like out of the realm of things that I wear. So I can walk around with the neck gaiter and I can feel <laughs> comfortable and cover my face. So what, what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my little mask that's really ugly looking. And then I'm going to have my, I'll probably get yelled at. But I'll have one of my little, you know, mm-hmm. neck gaiters over top of it. Nice. And uh, so, uh, kind of, you're 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 hoping to go back to work uh, next week, right? Yeah, so I'm over. Di- I, I feel like you're dying to go back to work. <laughs> I am. I, I, you know, and Amy, you've known me for a long time. You know, I, I hate sitting on the sidelines. I'm always out there. I, I feel so helpless because I'm here. Like I want to help, so I, you know, I donate to the, to the dinner table, but the, you know, the toy drive. We're, we're all like, you know. I want to do something and we're trying to figure out what we can do. Um, you know, once I get healthy, because, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, I, I don't want to like three of our board members are high risk. So it's kind of like, I, I want to figure something out um, outside of the police department, you know, from my toy drive standpoint for the kids, you know, just, I don't know yet. I'm still, it's a work in progress, but um, yeah, I, I, I got to get out there. I mean, I just feel like I'm getting rammy now because I feel like I'm just, I feel helpless, you know, and, and that's not, that's not me. Like I'm, I'm not one to just sit, you know, on my hands. And I imagine for your, for your wife, she's got to have spent the last, certainly early on when you were so sick, pulling your hair out, trying to figure out what the hell to do for you. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Connie, can we talk about the speed bumps on third? And is that going to make T. Luzinski stop emailing us about speed? You know what? I, I've been out. I've watched them install them. I drove over them once when I had to go to my doctor's office. And that's the only uh, interaction that I've had with them. They look I, Amy, cool. I swear they could be bigger. I drove, I had an errand to run. And I was like, we had to bring the cat to the vet. And I didn't slow down very much to go over them. I, well, I thought they'd will. be a little more too. Yeah. Oh, trust me. You, you, you will. It, it, you don't have to go that fast over them because if you're drinking something or whatever, you're going to, yeah. you're going to realize they're there and it's just a matter of time. You know, it's like anything. It's just going to take people time to realize, Oh shoot. 
like, yeah, you're supposed to slow down anyway. So um, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see the um, once once this pandemic is kind of done, you know, we get back to some of the other like the, some of the other things that we do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that'd be a nice little test study to see how, you know, what the speed is and what, you know, how it's decreased and, and things like that. You know, once we get back to where we should be. So the, the, the three of us live like within a block of each other. And I yeah. want to know if you've heard the same thing. Have you noticed that hearing at night or like on weekends, on nice days, I was, you know, I noticed I'm hearing motorcycles all over the place going super fast, taking advantage of the straight, like straight lines I've, I've with heard no traffic. Yeah, yeah. I've heard motorcycles on nice nights, but that's yeah. summertime. I, I hear, you know, I don't know if it's just because there's hardly anybody out, but you know, any especially in the summertime, the in past years, you know, oh, yeah. nice, they're out, you know. And oh yeah, and in the summertime, yeah. But I just noticed like this during our quarantine. I'm like, I keep hearing them, and I'm like, that's a weird time to take your your joy ride, right? Yeah. The the other just again from a is it like a this is again only my opinion. The interesting thing for us is. Um, like you, we Sunday we had a sixty degree windy day. It really wasn't nice, and we still got a crowd. And we've shut our boardwalk down, and we still got a crowd. And I got a little nervous about the number of people on the sidewalks um, because the boardwalk's closed. The beach was fine, at least while I was at it. I was there a couple hours. Um, it, you know, I vacillate back and forth between like um, the, be- you know, the emptiness of Asbury and then I get super irritated when people come because you're not supposed to come. You know, it's like this constant like, oh, my God, it's so empty. That makes me so sad to yeah. God you're not supposed to be here. You know, be lucky we didn't have a hard winter because right. if, if we had a hard winter, cabin fever would be at the utmost right now. Because now you have a crappy winter, you're inside all winter, and now now the government's telling you you can't go outside. So that's even more stir crazy. Be glad we had a mild winter, so people aren't as you know rambunctious. I think, but I gotta tell you, once this gets opened up, we need to be prepared. Because yeah. I can tell you right now, like once they open everything up, once they open up the boardwalks and the restaurants, we are going to get inundated. Every town that. It's just going to be, it's going to be crazy because everyone's going to be like, yay, you know, we're free. And that's, that's what's going to happen. And Connie, we got to wrap up. What, my son's going to be home in about 10 minutes. What is next for the Asbury Park toy drive? Well, you know, next weekend was supposed to be Pugapalooza, which I canceled. Um, We were supposed to do our Mother's Day, Father's Day essay contest. You know, the next two months we canceled that. So I'm kind of hoping you know, knock wood that we still have our Christmas in July. So we usually do really well, you know, with Southside Johnny and the Stone Pony with our, you know, our 4th of July weekend fundraiser. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, we, we still have that because that's a big fundraiser for us. So I'm, I'm praying this thing gets settled and something happens, you know, in the next couple of months. And, uh, you know, we get we get open back up again because uh, July's, July's a, you know, what that's when I start fundraising. Right. July and August, you know, so knock wood, say a little prayer mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully uh, we get this social thing down. Hopefully. So the only last thing I'm going to say is um, I read an article from the Washington Post that was talking about shore towns. Maryland was in it. 
And they talked about having a task force. Cape May has this task force. So I was talking to Vin Gopal, who was on our previous um, podcast about creating a statewide task force because as, as the person who's on a council in a small town, I don't like it when we create things in then towns around, you know, I don't, I, I would love uniformity, right? That, I wouldn't say, Amy, I wouldn't say statewide. You gotta go shore. You gotta like, you gotta have- Well, maybe shorewide. I, I'm okay with that, but some uniformity. So Vin called me today and it looks like there, there is cer- certainly the state's going to start a dialogue on, you know, when we can open and nobody knows when we can open, um, you know, some recommendations for businesses on how they open, whether it's reduced capacity or, yeah. you know, social or you no know, menus and apps or, or how, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. So removing, removing some tables. Using- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hopeful. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, recommendations are going to come down the pike that we can all kind of jump on when when it's safe to you know socialize in some limited capacity. It's got to be gradual. It has it has to be 100%. like it's got to like like they say it's in stages. That's the way it has to be. It has to be different stages, and we have to gradually get back to where we want to be. Just right, all, and the only thing I'm saying. In. And then we need uniformity in that, like I, you know, Asbury can have 50% capacity and then Belmar has 75% capacity. Right. You know, right. I, we just want people to, you know, we need businesses to buy in, but also all of us kind of be on the same page on, on what safety measure, measures we're going to take and we're going to hold those businesses. You, you know, might want to just pull, you know, pull together the, the two different chambers, like the, the Monmouth and Ocean County Chamber of Commerce. Those are your those are your main businesses. They, yeah, they're going to be great. Asbury Park actually is a pretty passionate business committee because yeah. I'm on it. And Kathy yeah. Kelly, who was also part of COVID, she's the chair actually. Her and Bianca of Interwoven are the chair of the Asbury Park Business Committee, um, and that is a very passionate and productive committee. So um, I think you take the state, the county chambers, certainly our local chambers. Sylvia Sylvia is amazing mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, she's amazing. Uh, and our Esbury Park Business Committee, and, and we're going to have some, you know, we'll hopefully. Bring, a brain trust, you yeah. know? Yeah, hopefully. And get it going now. Like, don't wait. Like, get yeah, it going yeah. now. No, I think that, I think we're going to start, we're, we're going to start this up next week. So um, we'll days, have some ideas. Memorial Day's around the corner, Amy. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Are, you. are you busting my balls on this podcast? Are you, are you seriously busting my balls on this podcast? Ming, cut her mic. Cut her mic. What's going on here? No one. <laughs> Amy, I know where you live. <laughs> um, we want to thank Connie for being on. Thank you yeah. for sharing your story about COVID. I really, really believe that um, that is going to change, hopefully, some some people's view on what on what this virus is and what it's doing. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks, Connie. Thank Appreciate you for it. Inviting me. It's my second time now. Yeah, our first twofer. You're the only person who's been on twice. And Vin Dopo is the only so non jacket. So I get a jacket like they do on Saturday Night Live, you know, with your like a jacket. I'll drop you off some Jolly Ranchers. That's about that's about all you're getting there, Connie. Just give me a bottle of wine. We'll get you a bottle of wine. That I can do. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye, bye.